Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, Perry and I sat down with Farah Felton Jolly. She is the sixth generation of Clinkerbrook Winery. We talked fires, production, old and new, zen, some new things that they're working on. We had a really great conversation. We hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Cheers, Anthony. How are you? doing fantastic awesome welcome back welcome back everybody thanks for tuning in again another week again we have uh record numbers last week we're we're doing uh we're doing good i yeah, think yep. i think the uh idea is to keep this going right and we are doing it live here in the store so if you hear the front door bell go off you'll know that uh we are really live here in the store absolutely so uh we are doing something interesting today everyone knows my affinity for lodi how much i uh i love the region as a whole uh and we are uh, we're going to be talking with uh Two lovely ladies, uh, Farah, fr- uh, Farah uh, Felton Jolly from uh, Clinkerbrook, and we're going to be talking to Renee Roscoe. Yes. So welcome, ladies. How are you? Hello. Live and in person. Hi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doing good out here in Lodi. So uh, last week we had on uh, a winemaker uh, just a, a little south of you, and I know that the fires are a hot topic right now um, in, in California, pardon that pun, but... Uh, on on your end, are are you, you're not seeing so much of that? I would imagine you're probably seeing a lot of smoke. Am I right? Correct. Yeah, we're we're seeing a lot of smoke right now. This is actually the best day in the last two weeks. I can see blue sky and the air quality is um, pretty much excellent right now. So it's been um, a long time coming, but yes, it, the smoke has been the issue, but we haven't seen the fires. The fires have been pretty much all around us. How are you? Uh, how are how is it affecting you on day to day basis? Uh, just in terms of uh, practicality, and and I know it's harvest time coming up. Uh, how are how are you dealing with the effects of the uh, smoke and ash? I would imagine well, you're probably seeing a lot of ash. Yeah, so the ash was pretty bad, um, but it didn't seem to affect the grapes. We have been, you know, taking a precaution on the grapes that have been coming in and testing them as they come in. Because um, as everybody knows, almost the whole state of California has at least has some concern um, of smoke issues with the harvest this year. So we've been really watching it and checking and testing as much as we can. But as of right now, we're seeing no issues with the grapes coming in, um, at least here in Lodi. Hooray! Is uh is, is <laughs> exactly yeah. They, <laughs> that was that was from Renee. She was very excited about that. You know, because you can't yeah. you, you can't sell wine unless you're producing wine. Right. So right. So we like a little touch of right. toast, but not a full smoke bomb. Right. Yeah. 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 So exactly. Uh, again, like you know, too, on, as far as harvesting, I'm sure that's an issue with everybody getting out there and getting into the fields. Um, uh, so as far as that's going, are there days where you guys are just not going to harvest? Um, it hasn't got that bad here in Lodi. And like I just mentioned, now we're pretty much in the clear right now. It seems like there's the fires are not as bad. And so our air quality is pretty good right now. So I don't think there's going to be that many issues going in the future. But there were a couple of days where we did stop harvest if the air quality got a little too bad. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm sure you're getting a lot of those questions, right? I'm sure everybody you're talking to is asking you this stuff. So I, I mean, even the, our yeah. people, when we sent out emails, they all wanted to know what's going on with the fires. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, and it's true. It's a hot topic right now because, you know, it seems like every wine region in California is going to have some issues this year. And, of course, 2020 has just been kind of a crazy year in general, so just to add the fires on top of it. Um, but, yes, we're, we're, I, we're very lucky to be here uh, in Lodi where we don't have as many issues except for just the smoke. Um, and I, you know, I feel for all the rest of the regions that have had the fires right next to their wineries and um, hopefully everybody's okay. Your mom and dad's doing good. Mom and dad are doing good. Everybody's good. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of weird. I won't lie. I'm usually on the road. I maybe would have been down there with Renee on this trip, but, uh, being home for six months is not like me. <laughs> I think the last time you guys were down, I think, uh, I can't remember if Stefan was with you or not, but I remember you guys grabbed a bunch of Chateau Neuf de Pop and took it back with you. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. I was. Meet, he was flying in to meet me. I was going to on my way down to Miami, and I remember I picked up a couple of bottles on my way driving down there. <laughs> you have a good memory, Terry. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's easy to remember all the the great people you meet in this business. Uh, you know, Joseph. He was so. You know, when we were out there uh, for Zinfest, you know, he, he, it was such a pleasure, like to meet a winemaker who, like, the only winemaker I know of that's from Belize. I don't know. Are there any more? Have you guys trained any more? I think he's just one <laughs> he's like he says his family yeah. didn't even know about wine until he came to the states you know it was like a fully new thing for them yep <laughs> but farah there were some there yeah. are some actually interesting not so negative side effects of the smoke um we were talking about you know the cloud the smoke cover and the longer hang times and stuff you want to maybe touch on that because i think it's yeah. kind of an interesting bonus plus um, side. so yeah no and you know the last couple of years that we've had the fires around our area it seemed like it did help us a little bit because the really high smoke um layer that you know 10,000 plus feet up uh kept our temperatures a lot cooler so we actually were supposed to be hitting about 100 degrees 102 degrees uh when the fires were coming in the smoke was coming in and uh we ended up being around 86 degrees 88 degrees so it really allowed us to really manage the harvest and spread it out a little bit more because if it didn't cool down we would have just been picking around the clock because everything would have come in right at the same time and so now it looks like zin we're picking zinfandel right now um, we we actually started harvest august 1st uh, and we're planning to go probably till november 1st depending on some of the varietals but um, right now, Zen is coming in, and right now we're picking about two to three vineyards a week. So it's keeping it pretty much spread out, and I know Joseph and the rest of the winemaking crew is uh, happy about that, so they can um, have some time to breathe. It's interesting that you brought that up. Uh, it's the same thing that we talked about last week uh, with that cloud cover really cooling things down a little bit and uh, uh, allowing the uh, grapes to stay on a little longer and, and not harvesting around the clock, as you said. Um, so it, that is a nice little silver lining, and, and you also touched on the Zin, and that's something that obviously your clinker break is known for. I mean, that's what everyone loves, but you've got some 
obviously some interesting uh, uh, other grapes that you're doing really well with, uh, I think, for sure. And uh, Can we talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, no, you can't know about those. Are we allowed to? <laughs> They're for the winery owner. <laughs> well, I think uh, something that we've done really well in store, uh, probably one of my favorite Syrahs, is the Farah. Oh, gosh, uh, it's, yes. We, we absolutely kill it with that, and uh, everyone loves it. It's got this kind of... Uh, we're talking about fires. It's almost got this like smoky, smoky spicy yeah. kind of yeah. uh, undertone to it, but it's still luscious and beautiful. So silky. Uh, so there, there are other grapes that you're doing a, a great job with. Um, what, what do you, what are you, I guess most uh, proud of right now? I mean, with these last couple of vintages, or what's new too? Yeah. Well, and 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 kind of add to that too with Lodi as a region, but. Lodi is a really neat region because we are kind of getting known as an experimental region, and we have 110 different uh, grape varieties being grown right now in Lodi. So it's really neat to see that we can, yes, we're known for Olvine Zinn and Zipfendel, but we're trying so many different new varietals out that not a, lot, not a lot of other regions are getting the chance to just because of our climate as well as we can pretty much plant anything that we would like to. And, you know, what I really love about us is that we have been really trying to be different on the white wine side. And we have an Albarino as our white wine because Lodi has been known for Chardonnay and um, some Sauvignon Blanc as well. And we really wanted to be different. And so we introduced an Albarino in 2014 was our first vintage. And it's just beautiful. And it grows really well in Lodi. It has that fruit, but also has that acid. So it's like that nice food wine, or you can have it without food. Um, you know, Spanish albarinos are a little high in acid, so you need some food with them. And this one is just so beautiful and big fruit. And I really love it. And we have a Grenache Blanc as well. So we're really trying to be different with our white wines and show that Lodi can do more than just reds as well. Um, but, you know, we have our Syrah, Petit Syrah um, has been fun, our Carignan. Uh, we have 100% Carignan uh, that goes into our rosé as well as hundred uh, percent red or red and you know it's over a hundred year old vineyard so yeah, we really are trying to try those older varietals that were blending grapes back in the day and now they're kind of coming back again and people are wanting hundred percent varietal old world wines from California especially from Lodi is there anything that you've planted as an experimental planting recently is there anything that you guys have out there that's uh, any, you know, different or new, like Tanat or, or, you know, something like that? No, uh, we have... Um, Luzedra. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we do, like, five acres. No, um, but there's other wineries that are doing even pig pool block. Ooh, um, love a pig pool. <laughs> but as us, we have not... The last planting we did was... Uh, the Albarino was the most experimental we got. And you're doing Albarino, sparkling Albarino. We are. That was, um, it was, that's a fun project. Uh, it was funny. We got it, got the sparkling Albarino done at Rack and Riddle. So, uh, they, they're over in, uh, Sonoma and it was funny. We went to them and they're like, we've never done a sparkling Albarino. We were like, this would be a beautiful sparkling because it's really high in acid. It's, it's, it's really dry. It, it's beautiful. Um, and I don't think they expected the Albarino to turn out that way. They were thinking it was going to be a little more fruit-driven, 
and sweeter. Um, but <laughs> the Albarino root is beautiful. It's bone dry. And it was, uh, we did it method champenois too, which uh. is why we had to do it down at Rack and Riddle because we don't have that in our winemaking facility. But I mean, Farah, how long did it end up having to sit on the leaves before? I mean, I remember when we were with you kept going and testing and tasting and it's not ready and it's not ready and you thought i thought it was going to be done in 12 months then it was i mean it sat there for a while right yeah it was almost a year and a half um and it was just shock shocking and you know because they had never done an albarino before it was like man this is taking forever to you know develop and so it sat there for almost a year and a half uh developing and it it's been a fun wine, especially in the tasting room, for people to taste it and see, you know, something a little different. And they're, they're usually expecting something a little sweeter, and this one is bone dry. Um, and I prefer my sparklings that way, so I, I love our Albarino. <laughs> um, it's just beautiful. Albarino's kind of, uh, at least for us, it's really been taking off over the last couple of years. Uh, I, it used to be, back in the day, Albarino was kind of a hard sell uh, it's it's been easier for me in the restaurant industry as a psalm, uh, but in retail it's it's kind of been a hand sell for me. It's nice because there's you know uh, a lot of salinity on Albarino and it's something that pairs really well against shellfish, seafood, uh, and I've had only one uh, uh, sparkling Albarino and I loved it and I thought that you know if if this took hold this would this would crush. So I'm very excited to try that. Farah, I remember your dad said to me when we were out there drinking the Albarino, and I said to him, you know, Steve, this this does not remind me of Spanish Albarino. It's it's different. He goes, well, they would shoot me out here if I didn't make an Albarino that, it came, that it didn't taste like it came from Lodi, <laughs> you know? So it, it was, you know, it was a little bit more rounder and, 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 and not as, and maybe that was, could have been the first vintage ever, you know, when I was out there. Yeah, you were all... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a while. It's, I think it's evolved also um, because it was grafted onto Chardonnay. I've, I've loved the Albarino since the beginning, but I've really enjoyed watching Joseph, our winemaker, sort of hone in the skill. Mm-hmm. And now we are doing, you know, the double harvest methods. We have the early low sugar acid pick, and we have the late harvest. You know, it's still low sugar, like 22, 23 bricks, but that's where you get the fruit. And so I think he's really nailed down sort of the blending of those two pickings. Um, and you know, it's. I think it gets better every year. Awesome. Well, I'm. I'm hope. You know, I know we can get some Albarino, but I. I definitely want to try to get some of your uh, sparkling, sparkling Albarino, and then of course some of the Dolcetto. Yep. And then the old, the, the old Vine Carignan. The yeah, Carignan that, is yeah. cool. The Carignan Vineyard, I think, is also really, really special. Um, it's called the Rouser Vineyard. It's in the Grade A part of Lodi, where the soil is literally almost beach sand lake. So because of that, phylloxera has never existed there. So this actually is one of the oldest existing original rootstock Carignan vineyards in the entire world. So it's really special for that. And, um, you know, the vines are pretty tall and they're taller than a a man and they're all head trained and they're super gnarly. I mean, you really, you're there and you kind of get transported back to what you think like an old vine Carignan would look like in the Rhone. (laughs) I mean, it's a really unique vineyard site there. It's neat. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was, I was thinking. You that can the, tell Renee loves that. I love that yeah. one too. <laughs> well, and I was thinking too, like you know, the, just the historical part of being in that vineyard, just you know, to think about what has happened in that period of time that those wines were planted. You know, like do, do we know who planted those vines? Was it immigrants from somewhere? Was it local California folks? Do you know, Farah? I'm know. not sure. Or go ahead, Renee. Oh, I don't. I was just saying, I don't know. 
All right, we'll have that'll be another episode. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. We'll nail <laughs> that down. <laughs> but the Dolcetto was interesting too because wasn't the Dolcetto there was some friend of your dad's who had you know, it was the early 90s, and he had these eight random vines on the back of his farm, and he's like, I don't know what this is, Steve. And Steve's like, oh, you know, <laughs> let's check it out. This is typical farmer Steve. Goes over, and they get a test, and he's like, well, this is, you know, original, one of the 12 original Piedmontese clones of Dolcetto. Like, what is this doing in Loki? Like, where did this even come from? So, you know, Steve is like, let's do a vineyard of it, you know, which is, I think, one of the great things about Steve is he's definitely not afraid to farm something unique give it a shot give it yeah. a shot why not give it a shot yeah and, you know to add to the dolcetto i remember when we first produced it and we put it in the tasting room and it was just like everybody's like dolcetto from lodi and it is a little bit bigger but um it's still 14.1 in alcohol so it's the lowest alcohol uh red that we produce hmm. um and it's, it's really neat it's a really neat wine and it's only a three acre parcel so it's really small. We can't really grow it too much more, but um, it does really well um, and pairs with a ton of different food. So the next time we do this, we want to come out for ZenFest. Uh, and, of course, that's always the week after Mother's Day, right? The, the weekend after Mother's Day? It is. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we have it next year. I know we didn't probably have it this year, but... Uh, uh, next time we want to do this, we want to do this with you on the ground. Maybe get your dad and mom to tell some old Lodi stories and, uh, you know. Live from the barrel room. I, you <laughs> might have to make it an hour or two. Oh, well, then we're, we're into that. That's okay. Um, and uh, just to let everybody know out there, we are going to bring some of these winery-only uh, wines in. And uh, maybe by November they should be in, maybe? Yeah, early November. And I had to really beg Farah. Thank you, thank you, Farah. Thank you, Farah. Thank you, Farah. Um, At least it's in good hands. We uh, we really have kind of this uh, wine geeky clientele that would really get into some of that yeah, stuff. Talking about, I mean, they'll be for sure listening to this uh, uh, podcast as it goes out. But some of that, like old Carignan, the Dolcetto, Dolcetto, I, I that's really interesting to me too. Seeing it done in a Lodi style, a little bit bigger. I mean, even at fourteen one, I can only imagine it. you're you're talking about a, a more full bodied version of Dolcetto. Well, fix yes, me. Yes, yes, yeah, a lot darker in color, but um, still nice and nice, um, a little drier, but still has a little bit fruit uh, fruit behind it too. Uh, a world away from uh, the Lang yeah. <laughs> Lang Dolcetto. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, a lot different. <laughs> hey, I, again, we want to thank you for taking time out of you know your day. I know you guys are busy because you got harvest going on. Um, thank Renee Roscoe for coming in. We appreciate hey. that. You know, you got your salesperson out here pushing and pushing, and when and and we're willing to help, of course. And uh, we appreciate well, you. your time. Please give your mom and dad and your husband a big hello for me. Um, and, I will. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you guys for supporting us, and I hope everybody's uh, safe and healthy back there. Okay. Cheers. Cheers, Farah. Cheers.
And there you have it, another exciting episode. We really want to thank Farah for spending some time talking with us about production and, of course, the wildfires. Everyone keeps talking about that. Seems like they've got that under control in Lodi, but it's a reoccurring issue every year, so we'll definitely be on top of talking to winemakers about that. Until next time, cheers.